the Did you like this year. more than Logan? Yes. Oh, okay, cool. So you can go fuck yourself now. <laughs> this is good. God damn no, it. I've, I've got to do this. No, because you don't. Because she is Rey and Zeus was Anakin. No, stop. This is perfect. Shut the fuck up. Because because Toussaint yeah. brought this argument earlier. So, I, I, brought this, the, I she, brought this argument over a year ago, re- and I'm right. She is just the reincarnation of Zeus. No, that's not what it is, dude. Mm-hmm. This is a totally different thing right now. No, what? We're not getting into this. We're not going to get into this right <laughs> now. Just fucking call Fei we're, Fei. We're, don't do that. Don't. I just wanted to piss him off even more. You need to edit that word Mission out. Mission accomplished. We're not, we're no, not, you're not. That's we're gonna, gonna be in the intro. We're buddy. gonna edit that word <laughs> I out. Tell you. Including this tirade. We're not doing that. Um, Tuzat's anyway. just it, angry because he got the Illinois license plate of that. So, <laughs> <laughs> and he spelled it wrong. <laughs> Welcome into Film Tank, the weekly podcast that covers both new and classic cinema. On this episode of Film Tank, we talk about the new DC Universe film, which is Wonder Woman, starring Gal Gadot. If you would like to get in touch with Film Tank, you can always email us at filmtankshow at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Film Tank Show. And you can listen to all of our episodes on our website, filmtankshow.com, or on iTunes. And now, here are your hosts, Nick Cheney, Toussaint Egan, and myself, Alex Diekman. Hey there, everybody, and welcome into episode 115 of Film Tank. On today's episode, we are talking about Wonder Woman. What a gal. I know. Ah! Ah! <laughs> I didn't even mean to do that. <laughs> Fuck you. Uh-huh. Those two whippersnappers are Nick Cheney and hey. Toussaint Egan. Hey. Hey. Hi. Hey, buddy. Hey. Hey. So, yes. All right, I gotta go. Okay. We are going to eventually get to Wonder Woman, the uh, the film from DC that may be saving them? Don't tell Zack Snyder. <laughs> no, seriously, that would just be like rubbing salt in his wounds right now. Yeah, he needs some time on his own. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just Oh. Zach, you're you're going to be taking a vacation from your directing duties. Very long vacation. Yeah, there's more to life than movies. And I'm saying that on a, <laughs> That's a what DC's telling Zach Snyder. <laughs> I'm saying that on a uh, on a film podcast. Uh, yeah. but yeah. No, I mean it's it, I mean, we I think we mentioned it briefly mm-hmm. a few weeks ago. Yeah. I mean that's a horrible situation it is it is and i hope um that they're able to find some solace yeah yeah but it's um and his wife is a producer too isn't she right because i always see her name yeah so it seems like she's also very involved with all the various productions regardless of my misgivings about his work um he's still a human being so i hope he's doing all right I like how we try to see something nice, then Nick just doubles down. It's amazing. It's what this podcast was founded on. So, <laughs> it really was. Yeah. So we'll we'll obviously hit more. At on... least we're not talking about sperm as much. Well, yeah. That was really like the first ten to twenty episodes. There was just a lot of like, semen references. I feel like that was a Kenny thing. Yeah. Whether it was said by him or <laughs> somehow inspired by him. 
So we're going to get more into Wonder Woman. That sounded really incorrect. Uh, we're going to talk more about Wonder Woman coming up in a little bit. Uh, but first, we can review uh, okay. from our sponsor. Yes. Nope. Uh, no, no sponsors. Good call, Nick. So, Nick, uh, you're the one who voiced the really wanted us to have this segment on this episode. So why don't you go ahead and go first since you are oh, the, right. the most excited out of the three hosts. Woohoo! Mm-hmm. So I've watched quite a few movies. Um, mm-hmm. Why don't we talk about... Okay, so I watched a few <laughs> horror installments that I've been neglecting. Continued my... Um, I truck in a few franchises. The first one, I watched uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 5, The Dream Child. Oh. And I got to say, um, I quite enjoyed it. Not as much as uh, the first movie or the best movie so far, which is the third one, Dream Warriors. Mm-hmm. But compared to the fourth movie, <laughs> um, The Dream Child at least had a insane dream uh, surreal nature to its uh, trajectory. Now we've watched a couple of those yeah, films yeah. together. Um, I wanted to ask, what was the one with the kid who was cleaning up his room um, and was sort of like doing some type of weird dance? Um, the, 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 Probably he, number two? two. I think so because it was um, it was the same movie that even though it wasn't entirely scary all the way. There was that really weird, fucked up scene where they were, they went to the warehouse to confront Freddy, and yeah. it was guarded by two dogs with human yep. mask that's faces on. Two. Yeah, that was fucked up. It was, and yeah. that's definitely no number four is by far the worst movie in that franchise. So, mm. I'm like, I'll go to bed for every one of them except for number four, and that's number two included. Which you say that until you've seen the final nightmare, which <laughs> uh, I was afflicted to to watch um, during one of. A film class in in high school, and literally just said out loud, "I could be doing so many other things than watching this shit movie." Yeah, it doesn't seem promising. Yeah, but um, yeah, but number five, the Dream Child. You, you get the really ridiculous scene in which you see the, how Freddy was born, which is not something that anybody needed to see, fans or no fans of this franchise. But whatever. Um, but everything like it, the movie itself is not scary. I think this franchise has gone past the point of no return when it comes to scares, but it embraces its silly and just dream logic side. And when it gets it right, like it does in this movie, it's never boring. It wasn't, it wasn't even a single film. It was that music video. Are you ready for Freddy? Yeah, that Freddy was that, ready? that was the point where where Freddy went beyond. That's um, true. The point of no return. That's true, but there are some good images in here, um, like the opening kill, which involves a um, the main character in a shower, and it's um, which is you know of course one of many in any horror film. But um, the way that that plays out with the actual like shower filling up because it's accidentally locked and completely clogged. So like somebody drowning in a shower is just a very interesting thing to look at because they actually, you know, when, when, before CGI, you know, they had to actually do something like create a tank that looked like a shower, you know. So I applaud the special effects in this movie throughout. I mean, there's a gorgeous scene where Freddy is like obliterated in a, uh, chapel with the stained glass behind them, and there's just a lot of images like that that I saw were pretty great. And so I'd actually recommend uh, A Nightmare on Elm Street uh, Five, The Dream Child. Interesting. The other thing I watched 
was... Oh, I watched Friday the 13th, part 2 and part 3. Um, part 3 sucked. Uh, but part 2, let me tell you, is better than part 1. It's probably the best Friday the 13th movie I've seen. And I've seen, like, half of them so far. Um, what I'm kind of surprised about by part 2, because that's the first movie that features Jason properly, because the... F- uh, the first movie is technically it's Jason's mother, so it's the first time when Jason is the killer throughout the whole movie. And even if he's not donning the iconic hockey mask yet, um, the movie does this weird thing that the first movie couldn't do for some reason, which is that it actually feels like a camp movie. The first movie was very bizarre in the way it wanted to be a you know summer camp film with a horror slasher element, and yet it was like weirdly like fugue like and dreamy, but in all the all the wrong ways. Like Sleepaway Camp feels like more of a camp movie than the very first Friday the Thirteenth, um, and the second movie completely corrects all that because they do a genius thing in which it all takes place in the camp adjacent to where all these atrocities happen. So it makes sense as to why no one's truly freaking out, but they're all like looking over their shoulder because they heard the urban legend. And that's the other thing too, to go into the second movie, the movie itself has an actual backstory. It gets to mind terror from the first movie they couldn't let you in on the backstory because that would spoil the actual twist at the end of the movie. So, um, yeah, the second movie is basically like the most pure Friday the Thirteenth movie uh, ever, and it was just a lot of fun. I was gonna say, even that being said, is it a really, really good movie? Yeah, like I mean, yeah. if you're into what, if you're into the idea of a madman going around slashing up campers and nothing else, really, you know, it's got characters that you get to know more than the first movie. It's got a better sense of geo- uh, geographical space as far as like if Jason's here, how did he get all the way? You know, some of those are gets impossible and that's when I, I'll admit, that's when this franchise gets fun and dumb, but if you're just talking about like a what's the most purest, actual, scary version of Friday the 13th that probably looks most like part two. Jason X. <laughs> well, and that. Um, <laughs> and the other thing, too, as far as how they're able to sustain the tension and keep it a camp movie is that they introduce a lot of uh, nice touches in the first hour that make it believable that the campers are not yet terrified by what's happening because Jason is technically picking off remnants of the first movie. So, like, the first kill is technically the old guy from the gas station from the first movie who told them not to go to the camp. And so in this movie, he sees them again and he comes to the camp. So, like, there... He... So, so is that the... Is that the opening scene appetizer for the audience then? No, what's annoying about every installment so far, 2 and 3 are both guilty of this, is Mm. that the beginning of every Friday the 13th movie is like the last five minutes of the last movie, uncut. Like, it's not like it's just like a here's what you miss. It's in case you literally didn't see the last ten minutes of the movie before, we're just so Mm. unfortunately... The openings are not good at all, oh. no matter what. Once you get past the opening... Um, well, I mean, openings of... I mean, and I'm not a real horror no, movie but fan, those but are, openings of slasher franchise horror films... I know, like, Michael Myers uh, yeah. in Halloween, that's one of the most iconic. Um, uh, I, I was even thinking of like the opening of the first Scream film. Well, and that's also probably my favorite horror scene in any movie. Yeah, um, but it's no, good. That's, the, those are certainly like an opening does set the tone, and unfortunately, the Friday the Thirteenth, at least the early ones, are awful because they can't stop 
repeating the information you've already seen. Mm. Um, but even so, like, you know, like the second kill is a, a cop that's visiting the camp. So that's how he's able to, let's say, salivate the audience's um, palate. Yeah, without actually, ba- without disrupting the tension that the campers should be not really in the know until the last half hour when mm. shit hits the fan and whatnot. And there are much better kills in the second one than there are in the first one. Like the first, it's funny you start to see the actual franchise take shape in like in its bloodlust and. Um, well, I mean that's similar to the Saw franchise. Yeah. Because if they had killed one of the. One of the campers, it would have preemptively accelerated the the tension of the film itself, thus kind of robbing us of the the slow build yeah. that the first film sort of had. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. I'd, I'd be intrigued to to watch that. It's definitely the one I would recommend. Like, if someone wanted to watch only one, like it would be the one that's the most right. representative of every aspect of, of like, good Friday. The yeah. Friday. Like the silly parts, the good parts, the scary parts, like it hasn't gone too far into self parody, but yet it's also just kind of a rollicking good time. So, um, the last thing I'll talk about really quick, um, vinegar syndrome, which is the company that I have sung the praises of on here. They put out the disc for good luck. Miss Wyckoff, a previous, uh, film that we have talked about on here. Um, for their halfway to Black Friday sale, they had secret titles, which they don't tell you what they're going to be, and then it's limited to that sale only, and then you the copies are gone forever. Um, one of their two titles, and I picked up both, of course, uh, was a film called Sweet Sugar, and it's a part of the, in my opinion, extremely fascinating subgenre that I never knew existed years ago, but now it's like... It's hilarious how many of them there are, but um, the very niche exploitation genre of women in prison films. Uh, <laughs> and um, So, uh, Scorpion. Well, the thing about female Scorpion uh, Prisoner, which is definitely a women in prison film, that's like cheating because it offers so much more than that. Mm. There are a lot of more films that are just women in prison like the the only reason they exist is to show three to four things, which is Sex, women, women showering, yep. um, women getting raped by the bad, brutal guards, and then them escaping to topple the patriarchy. The animals, <laughs> like, animals. Lock, uh, lock, lock. This this is this is going to sound bad, but we're talking about a female exploitation film, so I I don't feel that bad asking the question. Yep. Uh, does this film feature one of the prisoners faking their period to get out of the cell? No, because oh. the prisoners are never that much defined. <laughs> like, they would never be that clever. I'm, I'm just saying, in this realm of exploitation, they always have to be victims. They can't okay. until the very you know, okay. last part and they rise up. Okay, so... This one stood out uh, amongst the crowd of them that I've seen. I've seen from the seventy that was its heyday. This genre. I've seen the Big Dollhouse. I've seen the uh, the Birdcage, the Big Birdcage, not <laughs> at the Robin Williams. Not the Robin Williams film. Birdcage. Um, and a few others. Um, Ninety Nine Women by Jess Franco, which is a Spanish language film that might be the very first women in prison film. It was from like the late sixties. Anyway, Sweet Sugar stars <laughs> Phyllis Davis, um, who is, I will admit, a very captivating actress, uh, and yet certainly casted for two very specific reasons. And (laughs) um, 
What surprised me about Sweet Sugar in general was that it had a weird cartoonish nature. A lot of the other movies I've seen in this company, uh, company meaning the its peers, not the company that put it out, but um, were are try to be slightly more realistic because they want to, I guess, nail home the exploitation aspect. I found Sweet Sugar to be more brutal and more sadistic because of how cartoonish it is. Like, it at times felt Looney Tunes-ish because there were, you know, like, when, let's just say this, when a normal woman in prisons film would have a guard rape a female prisoner to show his whatever, um, this movie would have the guard just punch her in the face and give her a bloody nose. Like, it, it had more brutality... In the in what it knows it can show versus uh, the the films that tried to do things that it wasn't ultimately able to actually show, you know. So it had a weird, tangible um, kind of sadistic effect, but it was also cartoonish in a humorous way. Um, when Sugar, because that's her name, mm-hmm. pisses off the resident doctor in the prison. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. No. Um, <laughs> He devises a way to pay back, I guess, uh, against her, which is that he calls all of the female prisoners up to his office uh, to line up one by one to go in there. Mm-hmm. And we find out when uh, Sugar goes in there that what he's been doing, <laughs> um, <laughs> he's created a machine that oh, oh will my. Oh my. Um, essentially monitor the female orgasm. <laughs> And because the 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 previous it's thing, a mystery. No, the previous thing that you know Phyllis uh, Davis's character Sugar had done was he like called her up to his room and basically, of course, propositioned her, and she was like, "Fuck you, no," and then walked away. So he devised this whole thing just so that eventually she would be in there and that he could monitor her orgasm. And <laughs> the greatest thing is because she's Sugar and she is the embodiment of female empowerment. Um, she orgasms so hard that she breaks his machine, and he gets even more pissed off. <laughs> so that's the kind of movie this is, <laughs> and I loved it. I was going to say, I'm sure you gave this a five out of five, right? Uh, just about, no. Um, so, yeah, I got to say, um, if, in case you didn't know, Women in Prison film was a real uh, and viable genre. It definitely was. Look in the 70s. viable? Real? Yeah. Well, it was viable back then. <laughs> I mean, it was, you know, that that was the thing. So, um, yes. Yeah, so, and there's always, I will admit, there was one thing that I kind of liked. A lot of women in prison film ends up pitting the females against each other. You know, like they get resentment, which can be an interesting commentary itself. The way patriarchy can also make, you know, females turn against each other rather mm-hmm. than work together. Mm-hmm. But here there was much more camaraderie than normal, which actually kind of made it kind of sweet. There, this sounds mm. horrific, but there's a scene <laughs> in which um, one of the females is about to get raped by two of the guards, Ooh. and um, one of the the, the black uh, female prisoner gets off the truck and basically seduces one of the two, just so that the other girl won't get gang raped and. You know, so like, wow. it's this weird she like, takes the bullet. like lesser of two evils. Would you rather be raped or gang raped? Yeah, I, wow. I yeah. know. So that's uh, 
Um, but that's what that's exploitation in a nutshell. So uh, I recommend Sweet Sugar. I thought it was at times horrific, at times hilarious, and uh, everything in between. So mm. yeah. I want to see, I want to see Lars von Trier or Quentin Tarantino make one of these women in prison film. Mm-hmm. Okay, well here's funny. Uh, Tarantino oh definitely God. loves women in prison films. Mm-hmm. Um, he's clearly a big fan of female prisoner scorpion because he used the main title song in one of his movies. Um, also, a little in joke, uh, Pam Greer was a very prominent star in a lot of women in prison films. Uh, she always played the token black female prisoner in that one white cell block. So when Quentin but, Tarantino was looking for his token black, he thought, hey. No, he was writing an actual black story. Uh, and she was the so, star of that film. Yeah, I so. mean, let me actually tell the story. <laughs> so the other thing is that in – but I'll give Pam Greer credit and why she became a huge star was that whenever she was in these films, she can, she dominated the film. It doesn't matter who the lead was. Everybody was going to see these movies for Pam Greer, which was kind of unheard of back then, um, and she – basically use the exploitation genre to lift her own stage. Um, so Tarantino loves these films, loves Pam Greer. So when he made Jackie Brown, one of the in-jokes in that movie is at one point Jackie Brown goes to prison, and we don't see what happens. We just see her getting arrested, and then we see her being released. When she's being released, they are playing the song that is the theme song to the women in prison film from the 70s called... Uh, the Big Dollhouse, which is sung by Pam Greer, and it almost suggests that Jackie Brown, like Pam Greer's character in that movie, had her own women in prisons film <laughs> adventure in between scenes, wow. you know, like that, you know. So um, that was definitely a nice little callback. So they, wh- whether they'll make one of their own, uh, even Tarantino has laid down his debts to uh, the exploitation genre as a large. So yeah, so. Um, I have a couple things I'd like to mention, uh, and it's both relatively new films. Uh, one I saw in the theater and one that was an HBO film, actually. So, went and saw the fifth Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Oh, boy. Yeah. How was that? It was fine. Uh, It was not great. Um, but I still enjoyed it because I like the Pirates franchise, and as you and our listeners who listen to lots of our episodes would know, I like movies with boats. So, this, mm. yeah, it's really, really mm. random, but, mm. yep. So, uh, <laughs> that's that why before. you love, that's why you love Casino. See, I was going to actually say a real comment. Okay, well, sorry. I was going to say that's why you love Jason Takes Manhattan, because that movie takes place on a boat, not Manhattan. It's, it's, a, big, it's a big part of it. <laughs> I mean, I can even tolerate something like Fool's Gold, Fool's Gold with Matthew Fool's McConaughey. Fool's Gold. <laughs> you uh, <don't> like McConaughey. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Yeah. Anyway. So, uh, did I see, by the way, that he did a he did a commencement speech Maybe. for say University this weekend? That's great. I, th- I saw everybody did a commencement. Well, yeah, speech. but he he like Mike hey, Pence did a commencement speech. Well, so clearly, they let anybody do one. <laughs> Anyway, he he wasn't wearing like a robe or anything, and he was sitting too. And I was like, "This is so Matthew McConaughey. This is great." Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So uh, this film, for sure, I thought was the worst of the five, and yet I still enjoyed parts of it for um, for better or worse. This was a 
serviceable Pirates of the Caribbean film. So if you're into what the series has previously done, I think you'd at least get something out of this film. That being said, if you are tired of Johnny Depp's bullshit and you're tired of Jack Sparrow and that whole thing, you probably should just steer clear. So I have a question. (laughs) Yeah. This is the fifth film, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Supposedly the last. So, oh, it's supposedly the last. Did you watch the post-credit scene? Um, Actually, we did not. Well, that goes into my question that I was going to ask. Like, how meaningfully does it build on the events of the fourth film? Which, I'll admit, I have only seen two of these films. The uh, first one and the second one. I didn't see the third one because I heard it sucked. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't see the fourth one because I didn't fucking care. Most people don't like the fourth one at all. Um, does it build meaningfully off of what happened in the fourth one? No. And does it leave the door open for a sixth one in a possible second trilogy? Um, no. No. All right. Dope. Didn't dope. See, didn't watch the post credit scene, uh, so I can't have a real answer regarding that. I heard that the post credit scene set up future adventures. I Good. don't know how well it did. Or Good. Anything, but... Great. The end of the film makes it seem like this is it. So the film itself, at least, is self-contained. Yeah, yeah. it is. Uh, in uh, the the previous entry, uh, I don't remember who played the mermaid, who was the main female character. What the fuck? But uh, <laughs> Sam Claflin, the guy yeah. from uh, Hunger, Hunger Games, Games, he was the guy playing the Will Turner esque role in that film and he and the mermaid girl are nowhere to be found in this entry yet we have the new people who are kind of there who aren't really famous and they're just kind of white people who were cast in this so i mean that's good enough i guess yeah uh johnny depp looking old what but they even did the de-aging i mean that's what cgi that's what drinking rum every day does to you just fucking saps your saps your youth. Well, there's other things that have or like the done curse, that to Johnny. The curse yeah. of alcoholism. Yeah, well, the curse yeah. of alcoholism. Uh, but there are definitely moments here for for me as a fan enough to keep me interested throughout. And um, yeah, this was not great, but I was fine with it. And uh, it was a nice. Final ending, hopefully, to the series because there doesn't need to be any more of these. So, there didn't need to be a fourth one. No, no, actually, there probably didn't need to be a second one, but that's true. Yet, there it was. That, and that, it and that, was. The second one's actually not terrible either, it's fine. It's very much a, it's a solid middle chapter, yeah. And then they teed up a bunch of shit for the third one and they. Swan and missed on everything. The, the, what, what was it? The seven pieces of eight? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They don't know how to fucking count. Oh, uh, what yeah. a bunch of idiots. Yeah. Oh, Paul McCartney also was in this, so that was great. Oh, that's great. I remember seeing the poster for that, and mm-hmm. I was like, hell no. He was there, and that was awful. Did, so he, that's did good. he die? Did he get eaten by a Sarlacc pit? No. Okay. No. 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 So. No. Um, I don't think he would show up just to die. <laughs> I mean... I'm a fucking beetle. I mean... That's what he sounds like. No, he, that, he, that's a mean is, thing to say. I'm not going to say that. He is humming a song, which I believe is a Beatles song. Wow. So of course he is. Of course. Of course he is. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
So yeah, it, that, there's not really much more to say about it other than Joffrey rushes here and he's great. So we're yeah, Captain he's dope. Sparrow's lonely hearts. Oh my god! Dead. So the we other hope film you have enjoyed the romp. Okay, Alex, what was the, the other film? film that I watched that I actually <laughs> come on that was genius. Shut up. Yeah, anyway. It's an opinion. The other film that I watched that I really enjoyed was the uh, the new HBO film about Bernie Madoff called The Wizard of Lies, starring. Uh, Robert De Niro, and I thought it was fantastic. Dope. I've been meaning to watch it. You should. Um, a lot of things regarding Bernie Madoff, him being a sociopath, uh, going through the entire story, and actually going out of order and jumping all over the place. Um, I still believe to this day Bernie would have won. Okay, uh, so tell me uh, about some more stuff about this. Well, just Robert De Niro, who has I'm made... so fucking ashamed of you. <laughs> anyway. Really? Is that the worst that he's no. done? I don't <laughs> no. know. No. Uh, Robert De Niro has not made a lot of good films lately, yeah. like within the last 15 years. Yeah. Uh, and... <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Even even things that he's been good in, like Silver Lines Playbook, he or was only fuckers. Okay, <laughs> I thought you were going to say something serious, but no. Uh, even his role gotcha. in Silver, Silver Linings Playbook was very much a supporting role. He's not a big part of that at all, yeah. even though he was quite good in it. Uh, but here, he's definitely playing the main lead, obviously, as he's playing uh, Bernie Madoff. And at the same time, it just had the feel of his performances during his his big prime years when, you know, hmm. he's putting out stuff like Heat and Raging Bull and Casino and Goodfellas and all, all the classic De Niro performances, not saying that this is like those or as good as those, but it felt more like those, which like is really... Im- trying again? Yes, which is really important for a guy who was in Dirty Grandpa last year, so... I, that was last year. Yeah. Yeah. Damn, that's Zach Efron uh, wow. doesn't doesn't have a lot of big box office hits going. Last no, but they keep giving them to year. him. I mean, there was in one year you had that you had Mike and Dave need money days. Now this year he's got Baywatch. Baywatch. Yeah. But the Rock's not very happy with critics these days. That's okay. I'm sure Vin Diesel's thrilled. Fascinating. I told you I'm the reason. I'm beautiful, just like she. Uh, no one else seeing this? Yeah. There are actually quite a few other good performances littered throughout this film. Uh, including... Ooh, I don't like glittering. Sorry? I don't like glittering. This, okay. this dude. Yeah, he's this, just, this dude. just trying to slow this episode down. Alex, just <laughs> tell, me, tell me what you... So, Michelle Pfeiffer yep. is here playing uh, Ruth Madoff. Yeah. Uh, also, Hank Azaria here... Oh. Playing uh, Bernie Madoff, who the guy who's actually doing all of the Ponzi scheme transactions, and Hank Azari is great. I was gonna say, I don't. So I'm everything he's been in, he's always good. Yeah. So uh, there is like the funniest part of the Birdcage. Oh, he's great in the Birdcage. That movie's just good in general. Second time that's gotten brought up on this this episode. (laughs) Once on accident. Well, that's okay. Uh, Well, and the. I will say, this is uh, the one part of the film that I didn't care for, which involved Hank Azaria, uh, which was the gratuitous scene where he was describing the different types of female vaginas. And it was... uh, What's the movie called? (laughs) It was him pretty much 
uh, talking about how different women upkeep their vaginas in a different way. What a douche. Uh, Actually, oh, man. (laughs) Oh, this guy. Uh, The other person who makes an appearance here uh, is... (laughs) The other person who makes an appearance here is Alessandro Nivola, who uh, you will remember, Nick, as the guy in the uh, the bar scene in the Neon Demon. Oh yeah, that or guy. The, the restaurant scene. Yeah, pardon yeah. me. And he uh, he delivers some great Beauty lines. Is the only thing. Yeah. That guy, right? Yeah, yeah. He delivers some really solid lines in that film, even though that film was terrible. But in this film, I'm just going to make <laughs> even more bad jokes. That's fine. Yeah. That, that's the Fuck. only kind you have. So, oh, so snap. In this film, he plays Bernie Madoff's son, uh, the younger son of his, who commits suicide. And um, boy, that whole dynamic, especially towards the end of the film, is is really something. Yeah. Does I- it ever confirm if Bernie actually if Bernie made off with any money? <laughs> Why do you do this? Because he hates. Why are you like this? He he hates other people. Why are so you like this? He, his life goal is to make other people miserable, so he can make himself what, feel better. Off? That's right. Oh, yeah. he's done that. Yeah. Don't have to worry about that. Yeah. No, even even the the small things like uh, Bernie Madoff's apology. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Bernie Madoff's apology in court, where he turns around and talks to the people in attendance. Mm-hmm. Uh, he even he has to read it off of a paper, and he just says, "I will now turn around to face my accusers and apologize." I'm sorry. That's it. It's uh, it really doesn't paint him in a great light, um, believe it or not. But it, the whole dynamic involving the, his family, uh, the public, and the way that it weaves in and out of the you know family story, which is a large part of this film, while at the same time bringing in the people that got fucked over, and there were lots of them by his uh, amazing firm. Uh, it was just really well done, and HBO films usually are pretty high on the quality spectrum. So uh, yeah. I was I was definitely impressed by this, and, and I thought it was great. So if uh, anyone has HBO Go or um, has an HBO subscription, because I'm sure this will be played quite often for the next month or so, um, I would say at least give it a shot, check it out. So I just thought of Bernie Madoff in prison, like. <laughs> Hearing the news that Donald Trump is president, can you imagine going into prison like as soon as like Barack Obama becomes president, and then like coming out after like he's left the office? I don't think he's coming out of prison. No, no, I mean, no, I mean like that would really suck to be trapped in prison. Like, well, according to the it. movie I watched last night, oh, there's no. a lot of sex in prison. Oh no, stop! Oh, no, there is definitely there's uh, also an orgasm machine. <laughs> Okay. The, uh, for anyone who wanted to hear the... There's a lot of cane cutting. Anyway. <laughs> for anyone who wants to... I'm not to... even going to try to... I'm... Don't unpack for, that. For anyone who wants to hear somebody yelling at Bernie Madoff that he's going to get fucked in the ass and raped in prison, it happens in this film. So oh. it's there for you. So there you go, Nick, right there. Alrighty. Yeah. Very exciting. 
So, Toussaint, anything uh, you saw this last week? Um, yeah, I saw a couple of things this last nice! week. Nice! Um, if you bring up Wonder Woman, I'm going to kill you. Actually, no, I'm not going to bring up. I was going to say, because we're uh, talking about it in this episode. You've done bring, that multiple gonna, times before. I'm not going to bring up that movie, because <laughs> we're going to talk about that later. Yes! Um, <laughs> I didn't watch any films. I watched some television. Caught up on some anime. Uh, I watched uh, about halfway through the... 10 episode run of Helsing Ultimate, which is like an OVA that was created in order to like um, compensate for the fact that the original series was made during the, the tenure of the, of the manga. So they were able to like follow the, the story to a letter. Uh, it was recommended to me by my friend Bevan, um, and I already seen it before, but I'm just watching it again. It's Can good. you explain something to me and the listening audience for those who don't know? What the fuck is Helsing? No. I was going to say... What is the true difference between an actual series and an OVA? Because, like, I think I understand, but at the end of the day, I probably wouldn't actually be able to explain it. Okay. So, like, is it is it like non commissioned or what is it? I'll 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 explain it like this. Okay, so most most anime in Japan is produced in uh, quarter seasons, right? Like, sometimes they'll have 12 episodes, they'll have a, a 23, typically it's a 23-episode yeah. run for, for a show, right? Um, OVAs were originally uh, created in the 80s alongside the advent of home video entertainment. Basically, they were pretty much created as sort of the, um, the vessel that allowed um, creators to... Well, it, it's basically the same same way that other media creators like used home media in order to create things that they otherwise would not be able to create for a mainstream audience to create niche works that had um, just shy of movie level budgets being able to take more time and be more attentive to the actual like animation of a, of a, of a product and being able to like decide what way they wanted to distribute it across a videotape like say you wanted to make a like an ova can either be like a a an hour and a half film or it could be cut up into two half hour episodes or three half hour hour episodes however many you want it's really the but officially they just never actually air they they always surface via other means yeah they always surface through via other means their home video yeah okay and then there's you know there's there's still like the the weird like um like Cowboy Bebop the movie is an actual feature. It's film. an actual feature film. Ova because it was commissioned to actually. Yeah, Bebop okay. was not a was not Ova. It was an actual series that actually did not even com- complete its initial run in Japan before it came over to the states and then exploded in, okay. into like what it is now. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's. Yeah, I'm just curious. I've yeah, never had anyone say what it was out loud. Yeah, the, the, the Helsing OVA was initially distributed through DVDs and Blu-rays, and then it was aired on Toonami um, in full, which is pretty impressive. Um, yeah, but I watched that, and I also watched a couple episodes of a new show called My Hero Academia that I've been meaning to catch up on. Uh, my girlfriend recommended it to me. And it's basically... Is it on any streaming service? It is on Crunchyroll. Okay. I actually just subscribed to Crunchyroll just so that I would be able to catch up on uh, the, the two scenes that are on what out is, right now. What is that? I've never heard of that. My Hero Academia. No, no. No, no. Crunchyroll, Crunchyroll is basically Crunch- Netflix anime. Like okay. Just, it's yeah. an anime streaming service, and it's okay. pretty much the anime streaming yeah. service. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. My, my, my Hero Academia is basically a story of this kid who is growing up in a world where... Um, 
most of the world is made up of people with superpowers that are called quirks, right? And so the entire world sort of like reform its forms itself to maybe like service this new economy, this new population of superheroes, right? And children are supposed to manifest quirks. It's it's basically like what if everybody was an X Men? What if everybody was an X Men, right? And everybody had their powers and stuff. Basically, this is the, the the platonic ideal of X Men. But this one kid who always wanted to become a hero, who always wanted to have a superpower. He was born um, uh, to uh, a couple who does have quirks, but for whatever reason, his latent ability it never manifested. So he's like a kid without a quirk in a world where if you don't have one, you're basically a second-class citizen in, 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 in not so many terms. Hmm. So he has to compensate that by um, studying really hard and trying to, to be as best as he can even though he doesn't have powers. And eventually, he is taken. Sounds um, like a minority. He he is taken under the wing of who is presumably the greatest hero of all, and is sort of like this is his origin story of him actually becoming a hero. And it's it's very, it, it's very endearing. It's very, um, it's very entertaining. It's it's a it's a is typical it more slice of life. It's not slice of life. It's oh. more of a shonen, and a shonen is like a young adult. Um, like action adventure yeah. story, and and it's it's basically if you're the type of person who would like to be able to enjoy the the drama and the action of a superhero cartoon without having to re up on over f- like three decades of backstory bullshit, this is for you. It's a good show, so um, yeah, I would definitely recommend it. I'm I'm only like. I'm only like five episodes in at this point. I'm I'm really fucking with it right now. It's like I, my Hero Academia, so I'd recommend that. And besides that, nothing else. Okay. Yeah. Also, yes. not that we're gonna like talk about it, but uh-huh. I think I need to mention that Def- we forced Alex to watch four episodes of Death Parade. Last oh week. yeah, we did. <laughs> we did. Yeah, after we you had, did. After yeah. we had uh, talked about it on the podcast, and we're gonna watch some more after That's recording. Right. To, which, by his own volition, well, we are gonna watch more. And, and I'll say this: um, in anime, is not my bag. Yeah, no problem. So yeah, but you, Tucson, you had told me that you would like me to watch this, so gave it a try. Yeah, and um. There are definitely different elements of this that I quite enjoyed and some of it that I didn't care for. Is there a particular either episode or thing that you liked the most? Like, um, did you like the two-parter the more episode. than any of the... I still think the first episode, just because okay. it brought the most intrigue mm-hmm. uh, for me, was probably my favorite so far. Just curious. Now, we didn't watch the first four episodes, right? We watched right. the first two, and then mm-hmm. we jumped into uh, the first just, two two-parters, Yeah, just right? over halfway, there's a two-parter, yep, and we yep. watched that. And um, I actually, for the most part, enjoyed all four episodes we watched yeah to different Uh, degrees but uh the first episode i think just the the feeling of having no idea uh where you are in this universe i was gonna say you're actually in the character's shoes yeah because after that episode everything not everything is explained but you have to hear Deckham explain the situation yeah. to new unsuspecting people. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, and that is the the really nice thing about the second episode is it it really goes through the events of the first episode again while looking at a different characters or actually two different characters' perspectives who are not even in the same room as the events that transpire in the first episode. So yeah, yeah. it's definitely a different view. Um, but 
at the same time, um, even though it isn't my bag, uh, I thought for the most part it was enjoyable and, yeah. and interesting. Um, By the end, he was actually like arm pumping along with the actual theme song. So that well, made the theme me song's a- great. Yeah. I was oh say, my god! Yes. Yes. yes, okay. There's, there's really boom, no debate boom. there. Fuck yeah! Especially the difference in tone with the theme song <laughs> to the rest of the show. They, I, I think they basically made the show corrector create that. that no, I mean, that I felt theme. like yeah. I, I really felt like I was about to watch an episode of the Power Rangers yes. and you ain't watching that shit and then I love shit. how the, the no. ending theme is like the most uh, emo thing yeah. ever um, and, and there's a there's a post credit scene to yeah there's episode, always a right? post credit yeah. scene that links to the next episode yeah. um, so it, but, but that's it, pretty common to a lot of anime yeah mm-hmm. oh, okay so I will say this and for an anime uh, television series this is probably the highest praise I can yeah. give for anything. Right. right. Is that I said I want to watch the last two episodes because I don't care enough to watch the entire series, yeah. but I at least want to know how it ends. Yeah. So I think that and that's good. I, that's a victory. Yeah. I, I think that's a fucking victory. So I would, I'm, I'm if going. I were you, I would take that. I would. Victory, I would. So. I'll take that as a victory. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. So yeah. there you go. Yeah. No, we watched that, and we're gonna we're gonna watch the the last two episodes, and yeah, it was. Uh, it was definitely not what I um, expected. No, it it's not what I would typically seek out. Well, definitely not. Yeah. You, in in most times, right? But of course. Yeah. Whenever I have my preconceived notions about exactly what anime is, mm-hmm. it wasn't exactly what I expected it would be. But I doesn't have like yeah. the typical twee. Well, I was going to say anime bullshit. Bug yeah. eyes and yeah. um and also you didn't see every episode, so I right. will say certain episodes are like the uh the boy band episode. They lean really heavily into some anime bullshit. Right. Like the the theme song as enjoyable as it is, I have to admit is prime yeah, anime I mean, that's bullshit. That's how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's just so wonderful here. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. You got to just roll the punches. Now, uh getting away from just strict anime yeah. uh, and going to Hayao Miyazaki's animation, mm-hmm. which uh, when we were at Randall uh, this last yeah. week and I saw that they are doing a Hayao Miyazaki. Yes. Doing uh, My Neighbor uh, Totoro. Yeah. And I asked Nick about it because that's one of the ones that I haven't seen and I've been interested in. And he was telling oh, me he thought I would like that more than any of the ones I have seen. Yeah, I know you'd like it more than Spirit of the Way. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you'd like it more than Ponyo, but you like Ponyo. Yeah. So I would say if you like Ponyo, it's more like that, okay. where yeah. it's more of that Disney-adjacent. Not to say that Miyazaki is not Miyazaki in that movie, but um, it certainly sits more comfortably uh, across the sea than some of his other works. It seems it seems more... And it's my personal favorite. I was going to say, it seems mm. not just because it's your favorite, but it seems a little more whimsical than something like Spirit Away. It is, and it's also it's... more grounded because yeah. it's... Um... It's a film that has no plot. Yeah, not, fine. not in the not in the Seinfeld sense that... had many seasons without a plot. Yeah, yeah. So. not in the sense of we're used to it. I was gonna say, it, and what's great is that there's two parallel stories. There's the whimsical children's imagination takes them wherever, but not in a idiosyncratic way, like spirited away, where you're like, is this what children think, or is this what Miyazaki thinks? Um, and I love that movie, but um, and at the same time, the very grounded story that's 
reoccurring and happening every time they return home is that their mom is sick in the hospital. So it all works together beautifully, as you can tell why one is compensating for the other. Yeah. Hmm. So well, yeah. that was the longest full group discussion we've ever had on an anime. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah, and you participated. I know. Right I, on. It's fucking nuts. Pat myself yeah. on the back. <laughs> yeah. So speaking of genres that uh, get uh, fanboys interested in things, the superhero genre is where we're going to stop today. Nevertheless, she persists. (laughs) (laughs) The fuck? Uh, Nick's favorite. uh, Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. Let's not name them. Oh, no, I'm not. Okay. I didn't. I said Nick's. I'm not going to. I'm not going. I still need to be because I don't want to get banned from a certain Facebook group that I'm a part of, and I'm only a part of because I hate them. Yeah, no, no, but but I was I was just going to say masochist. Yes, he is Nick's favorite group, uh, which happens to be a big fan of the DC movies. Usually, they are Uh, Snyder Bros. They are, and. They obviously feel vindicated by the Wonder Woman film, which I'm actually waiting for the turn to come when they say, well, you know, it well, wasn't was about also, a man, so... There was a discussion <laughs> just today about how someone posted the salary of Henry Cavill uh-huh. in Man of Steel and the salary of Gal Gadot, mm-hmm. and of course they were, and it was a huge difference, and I don't actually think the salaries were accurate. I think that for sure Henry Cavill made more, but um, it was kind of ludicrous considering Henry Cavill was not a known quantity, and it said that the two salaries were fourteen million for Henry Cavill and Gal Gadot's three hundred thousand. I just feel. Like I mean, that's... Henry Cavill has been in more films than Gal Gadot that I can remember. I I, I know that Gal Gadot but has she was been... coming off of Fast Gal Gadot and the Furious, has been in which is Fast way more high profile than I know what you're you're saying, but like. Henry Cavill, like in, be- in between Man of Steel and 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 Batman v Superman, whatever the fuck we're gonna call that film, um, he was a starring role in The Man from Uncle, which I didn't even fucking like. But that we're film, talking about but the he first movie, Man of Steel. Yeah. yeah. So I'm just saying, I I feel like she was technically more of a known quantity uh, in her introduction, and I'm saying I'm sure he made a lot more, but 14 million seemed a little far fetched, even for ludicrous Hollywood salaries. Anyway, uh, but that discussion turned into, well, technically Gal Gadot wasn't a known quality. <laughs> and I was just like, oh boy, there are people going to bat for sexism. Wow. Anyway. Hmm. Well, first of all, I find it very hard to believe that she made 300000 for this film. Now... That's what I mean. Like, both numbers seemed off. Like, there is a big gap, and yet both of them did not for me. There is... The woke per- snake eats its own tail. There is, perhaps, a way to make that very misleading, which her pay structure could be very heavily involved on back-end pay. That's true. Where his could have been very heavily on front-end pay. Um and that's, well, uh, that's a way to easily make an argument without looking at the whole picture. And even if it's at, not, at, technically, yeah. his movie's already been out and hers only just came out. Right. So we don't even know what she's doing. So, so it's, yeah. it's, it's. But anyway, it was just funny. It's somebody in the internet making up a number and they calling took it a those fact. numbers very seriously. <laughs> and a lot half, of people do that. And half of them were. Because our uh, president can do it. So why not? That's true. People have been doing that, man. I know, but. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> it was anyway. just. 
it was just disregarded as internet bullshit like Gamergate. If it's uh, and then, uh, oh. this is, no, seriously though, this is about ethics and salaries. Oh my god, don't do this to me. <laughs> I, I don't. I did not wake up today having to deal with that. No. no oh I'm, man, I'm not gonna shut the fuck up. Anyway, man. <sighs> Well, making you sound uncomfortable. This is great. So anyways, Wonder Woman is uh, finally in theaters. Uh, it is a film that I have been looking forward to. As have I. Yes. I have not. <laughs> ever, ever since... Uh, that first trailer? No, no. Since, since Batman v Superman, Batman where v she was Superman. the best fucking part of the entire film. And actually, it really wasn't that close. It was really her, and then everybody else was pretty bad. Martha! Yeah. Uh, although a lot of people liked Ben Affleck as Batman. We don't need to talk. We did a three-hour episode on it. Uh, but I didn't care for him. You know really, what I'm looking forward to? Not the Batman standalone movie? J.K. Simmons as Commissioner Gordon. As swole-ass Commissioner Boy, Gordon. That scene, uh, in that ending scene in the trailer with him, Batman, and Aquaman is pretty much as bad as it could get. I just want more Jeremy <laughs> Irons as Alfred. Yeah. Does it really matter? I mean, that's what I'm. That's what I'm coming here <laughs> no, for. No, I mean, you've got so many characters, just like uh, in the Marvel movies now. But the the problem is, is that no one gives a fuck about Aquaman or whatever that cyborg character is. I'm, really, I, nobody cares well, about I him. Think, I think on the on the hierarchy of not giving a fuck, I think that people give more of a fuck about. Aquaman, simply by the fact that he's played by Jason Momoa, who played Khal Drago in Game of Thrones. He's still very much a, 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 a cult figure yeah, because but that of char- that. that character... But Cyborg, I like the character of Cyborg, and I think that Cyborg looks like fucking dog shit. <laughs> I mean, of all the characters who we haven't seen in like a full film yet, the only one who looks passable is the Flash. I mean, the, his only moment was the weird scene in Batman vs. Superman where he said that um, Amy Adams was the reason for all evil. So. She's the reason you have to kill her! Quaid, yeah. start the reactor! She's ruining DC! She's, women are ruining DC! Wow. So anyways, speaking on that, the woman who came in and sa- <laughs> came in and... Now it's your turn. The woman who came in and saved DC because... Uh, even if you don't love the film Wonder Woman, um, if you have seen the four films now in the DC Cinematic Universe, this is the clear uh, top of the heap. And now Nick and Tucson are having a steering contest, and this is really <laughs> no, not, we're listening. Not not good for podcasts. No, we're listening. I'm listening. No, uh, we're giving you room to talk, man. Sure. Yeah. So this film uh, it was directed by Patty Jenkins, and Ooh. this is her first feature directing role since all the way back in 2003 with Monster. No, no, no. I was going to do the uh, Kanye West verse. I'm a motherfucking monster. Monster as in monster starring... Charlie Theron? Theron. She won an Oscar for it. Oh, I yeah. haven't seen that. She was a serial killer. Yeah. Oh. She's kind of a monster. <laughs> but anyway... She's actually going to revive that role for the new Dark Universe... <laughs> Film universe. No, she's not. Charlie <laughs> Theron is going to be in the dark. She's not. 
Thank God. Thank you don't you. have to actually take that seriously. Well, I don't know her, what to take seriously her, anymore. Her serial killer Movie character is not going to be cavorting with Frankenstein and the mummy. They have the fucking hunchback of Notre Dame slated. Okay? Mm-hmm. I, I could believe anything. More like quasi I, you could no, take, no. You could tell me that fucking Frankenberry was going to be in the dark universe and I might be concerned. Yeah. Um, somebody who will be in it, though, is the the rabbit from the Twix commercials. <laughs> so getting back. Anyway, we're going to talk about Wonder Woman because she deserves to be talked about. That's a good movie. Totally agreed. Yeah. So Patty Jenkins, uh, who now I'm assuming is going to just line up her her career with more directing roles, I'm assuming that there will be a Wonder Woman sequel and she will be at the helm of it. Still hasn't been, been offered yet. Yeah, at this point, it's <laughs> they, they pretty did, much a home run. They, they, Whether she takes it is up to her, but she'll well, be yeah, but yeah, They so, didn't make her sign a contract that stipulated a, a, a sequel. Well, she was, the, she was the rebound because there was someone right. else. Michelle McLaren. Yeah. Famous television director who's fantastic but would not play ball with uh, the DC house style. Which is understandable. I was going to say, just like Edgar Wright with Ant-Man. Yep. He's like, I'm not going to do that. And they showed him the door. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, this film uh, stars Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman slash Diana Prince. That Ant-Man story. Oh, man. Diana <laughs> Athemascara. It just really bugs me. Princess Diana Themyscira. Ooh, Princess Diana. I don't want to go there. Uh, also, Chris Pine. <laughs> Making uh, another appearance in a franchise uh, right. after his uh, his role as Captain Kirk in the Star Trek films. Yeah. Captain Crunch. Yeah. Also, also, I'm sorry, but his name is really confusing because I kept thinking they were talking about Captain America. Yeah. yeah Steve, Steve Trevor, Trevor and Steve Rogers. And they're both hunky little blonde boys. And Wonder Woman and Captain America have right. a lot of crossover. I was going to say, there's that's like this whole patriotism in a certain world war. <laughs> like, this is getting a little confusing. I mean, those are two very different world wars, though. That's I mean, I'm aware of the actual differences <laughs> between the war, but I'm saying the monochromatic tone of a past USA in wartime with a patriotic hero with somebody named Steve Bland last name... Is a little similar. Hey, man. War just saps the color out of everything. It's like Pleasantville, only with artillery In addition to the two main leads here, we also have Robin Wright, Connie Nelson, Danny Houston, Lucy Davis, David Thewlis. Yay! Yay. Ewan Bremer, Saeed. That's okay. Yep. Uh, Elena Anea. And that's it. Nasevenya. Okay, so this film centers around Wonder Woman before she was Wonder Woman, when she was just Diana, princess of the Amazons, trained warrior. When a pilot crashes (laughs) and tells of conflict in the outside world, tells of conflict, she leaves home to fight a war to end all wars. Doesn't Steve Rogers also discovering her full powers (laughs) and true? Destiny. <laughs> what about Steve Rogers? Doesn't he die in a plane crash? Too? No, he doesn't die. He he ends I mean, up being cryogenically like. I yeah. know literally. All I'm saying yeah. is the yeah, similarities. Man. Yeah, he goes into a coma and then he, I'm not gonna explain this shit to you. You know. All I'm um, trying to say is there's more to meets the eye. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Anywho, so this film happened mm-hmm. and uh, 
whether you want to talk about it in a, in a negative way or not, uh, there were not great things said about the production of this film. Uh, most of them came out right after all the Suicide Squad bad rumors happened. And I think it really started to snowball after Suicide Squad came out and the final product was not necessarily great after all the bad rumors. Yeah. So then things started to pick up steam with Wonder Woman. That's, but that's the, three fucking lemons in a row. I yeah. mean, it, it's not fair to lobby well, like Wonder Woman with that kind of criticism. But when you got three lemons to like precede I'll, you. I'll like, say this. I personally will not lump Batman versus Superman in the same in the same grouping I, I with know, Suicide I know Squad and, and Man of Steel because those two that's why are we're here. we're here to do it for you. Yeah, we're here to do it for you. Those two are very, very bad films okay. where okay, this Batman is, vs. Superman is only pretty bad. Th- this is me on, on, on the mountain of Sparta like holding up <laughs> the baby that is Batman v. Superman and then smashing it against the rocks because it sucks. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. It's too long. Too. I mean, Batman v. Superman is definitely my favorite of the first three. It doesn't say anything. No. <laughs> oh, so I'm saying I understand where you're coming the, from. Yeah. That's, that's literally a, a, a case of like you got you get two bullets in the chamber and you got three I'll put it this way. Targets. I've seen Batman v Superman twice. Well, it's cuz we watched the three I know, hour but I, I let us I let you do that. <laughs> like normally, you You're know, I let you do that. If you that. said there was a 3 hour cut of Suicide Squad, I'd say great. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> but um the same thing with Man of Steel. But yeah. you know, I was at least intrigued. Boy, that Man of Steel, that is just whew. Yeah, Boy, I thought we were done just like you did, and we were only 58 minutes in. Yeah. Yes, fuck. Yeah. So, Wonder Woman, um, if, do you guys mind if I start? Is, no. do you... Please, sir. Yeah? <laughs> that morphed into something totally different there at the end. Well, I good. was trying. I know you were, but oh, I, was trying too. I wasn't talking about you. So... I always have a list of films that I'm really pumped for going into a year. And, yeah. Uh, of of the first part of this year, which is, you know, the first six months or so, was this an Alien Covenant that I was most excited for? And Alien Covenant didn't live up to all my expectations for me Sorry. personally. That happens. Listen to our episode on that. that. That is true. You could find out my thoughts on it in depth. So... Um, this specific film, though, uh, I was pumped for, and of every film that, other than maybe Force Awakens, that I've went into and wanted it to be something and then not been somewhat disappointed, uh, this film pretty much lived up to all of my expectations for what this specific film in the DC Universe was going to be. I mean, this was their one shot to A center a film around a female lead, which totally succeeded here, in my opinion. Uh, this She never really gets sidelined at any point, even in the scenes that involve Steve Trevor. He still is playing second fiddle to her. Uh, this tells an origin story, even though it's not really that original when you talk about superhero origin stories. There's plenty here, at least in my opinion, to make it feel authentic. And this had to have good action, and I felt like it had plenty of action sequences that I actually thought were superior to some of the things that Marvel had previously done. So, 
this hit a lot of the check marks for what I wanted it to be. And I wanted it just to be an entertaining superhero film. And I think at the end of the day, that's exactly what Wonder Woman was. I mean, that's that's what we have to judge these movies on. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah. So, and this, this falls into place where this isn't in a stage where the whatever the next, uh, I guess it's the next Thor film, mm-hmm. is in the Marvel Universe, where it has to be a cog in this grand scheme that's so far into the fucking rabbit hole that there's no way to get out. Yeah. Which is definitely a negative about Marvel, but... DC is so fucked right now that you could do whatever and it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Uh, and this just chooses to tell a very basic origin story that gets involved with mythology and British people and all kinds of shit. <laughs> hey, man. Mythology, <laughs> British people, other shit. No, that was just one of the greatest pitches. Yeah. <laughs> but that's what it did. Picture it, okay? Wonder Woman, we go into mythology, we have British people, but it, it, our pets have her falling off. That's exactly what it did, and um, pretty much for the most yeah, part, this yeah. film committed to it, yeah. and um, I gotta say, I enjoyed my two hours and 20 minutes in the theater, mm-hmm. yeah. so it, this is this is what, for me, what superhero films should be. One character that you can stand behind, which is, is I, I know it's hard to grasp in this day and age where there are so many different superheroes in almost every one of these films, but... At least having something to grasp onto is just shown time and time again to be so important for these films. And just following along with a character as they progress, and in, in this instance, as she progresses, as Gal Gadot playing Wonder Woman, and, and really seeing her becoming a superhero, where she definitely starts as something that's totally not that, even if she doesn't have the kind of growth that Tony Stark has in the first Iron Man. Um, uh, this was just honestly fantastic. And I'll get more into things that definitely uh, make this not a perfect superhero film because this film, just as a film, uh, has problems with it. But at the same time, uh, this is pretty much everything I could have wanted this specific film to be. And um, I'm glad it was because... DC needed something to go right at some point. <laughs> I mean, it, if you're going to Lord, have, give them one. If you're going to have a, a full cinematic universe, like you cannot have 12 shit films in a row. You burned so. my house down and ate all my crops with a swarm of locusts. You could at least give me a bed to sleep in. Like, like you can't have any more Kevin Costner putting his hand out at Superman during a tornado <laughs> thing. So, um, he's got superpowers? Yeah. He can make tornadoes? I don't want anyone to know because they'll all think he's a terrorist. So <laughs> pretty much, I mean, he knew, he knew. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad this film was exactly what it was, even with the faults it did have. So yeah, yeah. that's my initial thoughts. Um, I think I'll go next. Okay. Um, I was not necessarily actively looking forward to. It. I mean, I was looking forward to this film by virtue of one of my my friends and colleagues is a a huge um, fan of Wonder Woman and basically learning about Wonder Woman more through her is what makes made me want to be more excited for this, even though, uh, as we mentioned before, the last couple of Marvel films, in particular, Batman v Superman. So with DC. Uh, sorry. Yeah, mostly with – sorry, with 
DC. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They all sometimes they just blur together. I know. I know. Sometimes they all just blur together. It's, DC's it, new logo by the way is really good. Yeah, it's it's thank a, goodness. Yeah, it, it's it's <laughs> the equivalent to to Marvel's own logo. It's almost it's, fine. it's almost as if there are at least like five superhero films it, coming out every single year you know for what? the next it, 5 years. At least it looks professional. Um, I know it yeah. Um but getting back to this <laughs> film in particular, I really actually did enjoy myself watching this film. I will have to echo uh, Alex's sentiment that a lot of the fight scenes, uh, I feel like, really did kick it up a notch. That beach scene on Themyscira when the Germans were following, uh, uh, what's his name? Something Trevor. Steve Trevor. Steve Trevor, yeah. Um, all they needed was a sapia filter and some really <laughs> fucked up, like, electronic Nine Inch Nails butt rock in order to make it into, like, 300. Uh, thank God they didn't do that. Um They've been 300 with women. That would have been amazing. Ah! Well, that's uh, what it would have been if Zack Snyder directed this film. So. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> anyway. Walked yourself right in. I, Sorry, man. <laughs> I like this film overall. Um, aside aside from even uh, its, its place in the continuum of, of the DC uh, cinematic universe, uh, I think that Gal Gadot gave a serviceable role as, as Wonder Woman. I enjoyed her in this. Uh, I think that one thing that this film captures for me is something that is sorely missing in a lot of primarily in DC films and even sometimes in in Marvel films uh, is that this felt like a character that I wanted to root for that I really that I really wanted to believe in, even though like she started out. She basically started out as a as a as the moral tabula rasa of a disney princess that's her arc and then she sort of like begins to navigate the grays that make up the actual human civilization the the actual human civilization i'm not saying that it actually like bores deep into the core of the human spirit but i think that given the context of it being a superhero film it at least tries to flirt with that and actually tries to engage with it rather than just trying to gloss it over with like these anthemic speeches it did have those but i felt like those more spoke to the the acknowledgement of those faults while also overcoming it in 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 the in the whole of the human spirit i'll say at its best those yep. kind of speeches yes. were much more character driven than they were yes. i would say thematically driven yes i think that uh just just spitballing a couple of things off the top of my head that i really did enjoy i i enjoyed the few instances of humor i thought they were they were worked well um, I did not enjoy the framing device of this. I felt that it was absolutely superfluous to try to like tell the story in a media res sort of file, but I guess that's just the nature of, of it being in a, in a larger universe. Um, well, I, quick time was discontinued in 2016. So. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a damn shame. Um, <laughs> so I going back to, uh, Diana's arc to Wonder woman's arc. I really enjoyed, um, the, final like speech from Steve to Wonder Woman um, after a, a, a certain like climactic event um, that sort of like acted as the capstone to her arc in, in just sort of like navigating those grays. We're talking about when he's about to go on the suicide mission, right? Well, yeah, it, it's basically him him talking about. I was like, maybe there is. I'd like to be able to point to one bad guy, but that's not how it is. That's not yeah. what the real life yeah. life it is. And I like that. I, I Steve I, Trevor, the original Suicide Squad. I, I felt like that was a meaningful. He also needs BET to continue to live. It so. was a meaningful <laughs> moment that I had not seen in 
I, I cannot recall in a in a contemporary superhero film in that way that I felt like it was it was cumulative of of a of a movie long arc in that way, and I was severely disappointed when the film's third act finale sort of perhaps inadvertently, perhaps just dumbfoundedly just obliterates that sentiment by the simple fact that it has to conform into the mold of what we have come to expect from a of a superhero film. Now I like that no, fi- no, I like saying- that the final fight, but I'm just saying that the fact that you go from this speech that says like there is no one enemy. Oh look, there's the one enemy. What the fuck? I was gonna say, are, are you saying because she has to face Bowser in the final level? Yes, because she has to face Bowser in the final level, and he's like, you literally with this entire fucking film, just like navigating the fact that there is no Bowser, but look, there's Bowser now. Well, but, well, but what, 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 what's the alternative there? Just letting that go? Then I mean, I mean, for me at least, that part of the movie worked precisely because of the fact that the idea was he was trying to teach her that's why you have to keep fighting yeah. because there will always be one more enemy uh, i i'm just saying like i well i have more thoughts but those are I'll yeah wait. I, I i i just felt that the yeah. finale itself was just absolutely counter and it, 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 it deflated and and pretty much walked back all of the work that was done in trying to like build up to that point, and I liked a lot of the moments. As I liked the moment when she climbed out of the uh, out of the the trenches yeah, in order to like face off into the no man's land. That was fucking dope. That was like okay, that's that's the you moment. You think that's symbolic of anything? Uh, yeah. Yes, I think it's symbolic. I just noticed it's called no man's land. Like she's a woman. Yeah, I am no man. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. Um, how about, Why is she how about a caveman? The, how about how about the uh, the? I, no I mean, no matter how ham-fisted it is, but um, the villains are ham-fisted too. They really like lean into their comic book affectation very, very hard. Yeah, it's like, but, oh, it's like they're going to be fighting over that one mess. They hey, don't know that it hey, doesn't do anything, and they're like, hey, literally, don't knock ham-fisting. Nick, what would you like to say about Wonder Woman? I was going to say really quickly yeah. that the uh, the the guys following Gal Gadot uh, in that is 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 a little too too much. You mean too much? Unpack that. You hate women? No, 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 it. no. Uh, I I mean it's a little like it's 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 trying to make it a little too obvious. Cl- yes. Yeah. Why too- I I think that I think that. Mm-hmm. Why shouldn't it be? Wonder Woman and Every her... superhero movie is working on the surface level. Wonder Woman and her married troop of World War One fighters, I would argue, is no more obvious and no more subtle than that of Steve Rogers' merry little troop in the first Captain America film. You cannot deny that. That are they're literally the same damn type of archetype. No, and I'm not saying anything because yeah. I'm thrilled that specifically DC too was able to push out the female led uh blockbuster superhero film that uh Marvel has hidden behind the wall to to previously make uh and now they're trying to but is, they haven't smashed the glass and pulled that lever yet how about this though how about Marvel being late to the game now with it with Captain Marvel going to be the second uh in it in We'll see. Marvel not so woke. <laughs> but 
that specific scene, even though I enjoy it, that was one of those things for me, at least. It was like, all right, it's, you know, she's she's going, and then the other guy, and I didn't hate it or anything like that. But it was, it was just, like, we had a woman starring in one of our films. What do you have, Marvel? We had a talking tree that taught a group of rogues how to love. Marvel has a lot more money now than DC does. That's all that really matters, so I don't think they're too upset. They don't care. <gasps> oh, crocodile tears. So, Nick... What did you think about Wonder Woman? Tucson is leaving. Okay. And he's gone. Okay. Go I ahead. thought this movie was okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you which, don't like superhero movies. I was going to say, which, no, so what I'm saying is that that's an accomplishment in and of itself. I never thought that I wouldn't want to kill myself after a DC movie. <laughs> so this certainly passes that test. Um... I'll say this. I think it falls into all the trappings of the genre that I don't particularly care for, but at least it does give the audience passable entertainment and doesn't insult them in the process. So I don't have much to say about it because whatever I think it does well, I don't think it does particularly well. But I'll give it credit that it doesn't really do anything wrong. It's just... Um, it's just a mediocre superhero movie. I'll say that I liked Gal Gadot, uh, which kind of surprised me because before this we had only really had about like ten minutes of screen time from her, yeah, if that, and most of that was fighting. <gasps> oh, excuse me. Except for that amazing scene where she leaves the airplane and is called by her first name by the stewardess. That's right. <laughs> uh, oh boy. <laughs> And um, But yeah, overall, I, I like the supporting cast of this movie. I thought for the first time uh, in a DC movie, I, or at least in this current inc- incarnation of, uh, of DC's universe, that I was watching a movie that wasn't afraid to be about something. I thought Batman v Superman, Suicide Squad, Man of Steel, those all get bogged down in what I would say, like representing the character and like putting the character you know, beloved, in a new context, in a new whatever, you know, like, oh, look at the new Alfred, and look at the new... We don't really have many Wonder Womans on screen. We have Linda Carter's depiction, but other than that, like, that's like if somebody made a Batman movie and we only had um, the Adam, Adam West. West, you know, yeah. and I'm not saying that that's, those are the same properties, but like you I'd really, rather have Adam West. But I'm saying you, you had a million directions to go in, so we didn't have to compare Even it. modern day Adam West. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love Adam West. Yeah, me too. Um, so I'll say that I think part of Wonder Woman's success is based on the fact that unlike DC's previous stuff, we didn't have much to compare it to, which is you always... You just had to trip over the fucking bar, dog. Right. Um, I w- was a fan of, of Steve Trevor's final speech about mm-hmm. how... Because for the first time, I thought they actually took the trope... What, even if they didn't do it intentionally, but for the first time, they actually made the the trope of the never-ending villain and boring climax be thematically powerful in mm-hmm. the sense yeah. that... like. A superhero was told you just need to do it because it's the right thing to do, mm-hmm. and I, you know, I, I at least took to that a little bit. Um, I don't think anything in this movie, for me personally, is as potent as the themes that were braced in earlier this year's Logan, and I'm only comparing them because they're two superhero, you know, juggernauts in this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm surprised as anybody that. Uh, 
I didn't mind this movie. So. Yeah. So What's the? F- here's yeah. here's an idea. Um, you just compared Logan to Wonder Woman. What's the first image that pops in your mind when you think of the Wonder Woman film? The first image? Yeah, the first image. Like, what's the first scene that is most memorable to you? Of this Wonder Woman? Of this film? Wonder Woman. For me, yeah. it's uh, No Man's Land. Too. Yeah, it's No Man's Land. But for me, for Logan, it's it's uh, pretty much Logan in his limousine, looking at a at a want ad or at a picture, and just yelling fuck. <laughs> I'll say this: I was comparing it to Logan kind of favorably because of the fact that. Unlike previous efforts from Marvel and DC, Wonder Woman, like Logan, is actually attempting to be about something other than the, its hero itself. Whereas in Wonder Woman, it's the idea of, you know, justice, <laughs> Justice League, but um, doing the right thing in the face of itself. And, and the idea is that she was always Wonder Woman. She just had to learn that, you know, her efforts will never be belabored. And, you gotta believe. Well, I'm just saying, she had her powers from the very beginning. It's just the idea is that, she, you know, she needed a man to teach her. Well, how, about, how, how about, let's let's hit on that a little bit. So we have the first act of this film, which is, I, I guess it's probably like the first, what, like 20 minutes are completely in the, uh, what's the name? What? Tucson, you would know Problem this. with the name of that place is I always think what? they're saying the mascara. Okay. The mascara. Well, yeah. I'm just saying. The yeah. mascara? Or the, the mascara. mascara? I'm just saying. It's every the time, mascara. Every time they would say it, I'm like, that's not helping your cause. <laughs> so the first 20 minutes or so of this just film. Saying, that sounds like a very female-oriented thing. <laughs> it is a very female-oriented. It's a fucking island of Amazons. I know that. I'm saying the name doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, sounds like a very trivial female icon. Welcome it's a to fucking name out of Greek myth. <laughs> I'm not saying it doesn't. Welcome to Tampax Island. <laughs> <laughs> Tampax Island. First of all, you joke. Copyright. First of all, you, you joke, but I would totally visit that island. <laughs> I'm just saying. I hear they have good tennis. Man. Man. So, Man. the first, like, 20, 25 minutes I'm takes sorry, that's place. that's Pad Peninsula. <laughs> so, the first 20, 25 minutes take place on this island, and we really get the, the early parts of this origin story, which at times feels, even though it's only when uh, Superman's a baby, it, the look of it feels somewhat similar to the opening scenes of Man of Seal, but this doesn't turn into a shit show like that did. Um, I will say uh, this: some of the dialogue in some of these scenes I didn't love, and also too, I thought the CGI during the battle scene was subpar. Some of that some of the of wire foo was a little too too wiry a little too oh wait a minute i'm trying to think of like one really cool oh my god on the <laughs> fucking beach where yeah. where this amazon woman just takes this giant like lance and just spears a dude and then swings that shit around and just knocks a bunch of germans on their ass oh my god oh yeah. when 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 robin um right when robin right 
like bounded off of the shield 300 style and shot three guys at the same time. By the way, she's actually the voice. I learned this. The voice of Bubbles from Powerpuff Girls. Isn't that fucking incredible? Um. Anyway, and since that we're bringing this really full circle, scene. she's also Gen A in Forrest Gump. Are you fucking yeah, that's kidding? Why we were me. Doing that. You didn't know that? No. Us. Really? Also, um, she's going to be... I haven't seen that movie in fucking years. It's being reported that her character will show up in Justice League. That doesn't make any... Oh, she's going to be in like a spirit vision like for Thor. Oh, okay. I don't know. Her, no, her or her mother? It said General Antiope. It said Robin White. Oh, okay. General. Because the other character who's played by... Hippolyta. Connie... Nielsen? Nielsen. Yeah. Which that was originally supposed to be played by Nicole Kidman. Really? Um, yeah. She was too busy with that HBO show. Big Little Lies. Yeah. So, but anyways, the, the whole opening scene, I feel like at least established I... good things um, to lift off into the rest of the story. I like the opening, not prologue, but section, so to speak. But I, I was a little, I don't think this movie was, I thought this movie did a good job overcoming what I would have considered to be a patriarchal framework, like where men were going to accidentally or not accidentally usurp Diana Prince herself. And the only time I ever did feel that was the fact that when Steve Trevor lands in their whatever. How about the, the pe- how about the penis references? The penis too? was whatever. I mean, they're making a joke about penises, whatever. Yeah. I but mean, yeah. Ever since he lands on he's that, more than average, he, above average. How about yeah. the fucking like <laughs> sexual tension when they were sleeping on the <laughs> boat together? That was funny. I thought, I thought that was really funny. He's yeah. like, "What? You have to okay. be married in order to sleep? I mean, it's right here." I'm just like, "What the fuck's wrong?" With you? Yeah, yeah, I thought that was really funny. The English language. Yeah, it was just like, yeah, it was like, it was like, oh, you mean like coitus? Like, yeah, I read all those books. It's like I'd like to read real those. Que- real question. Yeah. Do they fuck? No, they didn't. In the fuck. room? Yeah, you they sure? fucked. They fucked in the room. Yeah, they yeah. fucked in the right? room. Yeah, yeah they right. fucked in the room. Right, I was know. going to say the only time <laughs> that I thought, uh, unfortunately, we got a male-centric perspective and not for any purpose, reason, or whatever, was after he lands on it. It is like the rest of the segment on that island, whatever, is from his point of view only, hmm. which. On the one hand, makes sense at least at first glance because he's trying to get new to his surroundings. But the whole time they were on there, I just felt like it was Steve Trevor's story. Even them leaving, it, it was barely on Diana's own volition. So I once they got off there, then they got a little more better at like having Diana just not give a fuck of what Steve Trevor says. Like when you know he's like, "Stay here." She doesn't, you know, like all those times that. Men say that to women all the time in action movies and superhero movies, and then they do listen. So, but on the island, the minute he shows up while they're still on the island, it was kind of Steve's Trevor's story for me, and that, I felt that was a that could have used another pass. Uh, at the Probably, script. but yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean it's a superhero movie. But take I was get. surprised that that was like <laughs> that was the only stretch that I felt that. So I thought that was good. I mean, uh, Tucson commented on the uh, the comedy in this film and I actually thought that that was another part of it that I was a little a little lukewarm on as I thought some parts hit some parts didn't uh, by far the funniest thing here uh, is in the trailer so it isn't that funny of like some fisticuffs oh no the uh, the uh, 
referring the, to being a secretary as being a slave. I like her. Yes, I like her very much. Um, I I also uh, liked yeah. Lucy Davis too, who played the original character that Pam was based off of for the U.S. Office and mm-hmm. the original uh, mm-hmm. UK Office, mm-hmm. uh, Dawn, which is crazy because I don't think anyone like seen her since then. I. <laughs> I, what, what what were you gonna? Were you, did you have anything more to say, or just commenting that she was in this? No, no, I was saying like that. that was just oh, okay. I also wanted to make note of a particular line, which I felt was a very knowing nod to the audience. Um, after after one one woman and her troop basically clear out um, an, an enemy encampment, and they have they take the photo, they take the photo, and she's talking to the to the one actor guy with the fez, right, and. Uh, Gal Gadot makes the 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 comment. It's just like he he was so rare, raring and roaring to go, but he didn't actually fire a shot. It's like sometimes we're not all what, that we want to be. It's like look at me. Is like I love acting. I love being an actor, but uh, but unfortunately, I was born the wrong color. So I thought that was uh, th- that that's sort of like a very knowing nod to to sort of the disparity of of minority actors being able to hey, actually be that's... being cast in roles. Which has existed since fucking World War One times, like up yeah. till now. Um, so since you mentioned the photo, uh, I actually thought that was one of the better parts of the film. The inclusion of that, yeah, that's and, cool, and not going over the top to this was in Batman vs Superman. So here it is, here and there. Like we have the ridiculous QuickTime file slash. Silly email with Bruce Wayne. Who are you? Yeah, in Batman. Where you come from? In Batman vs Superman. And here, What's your number. <laughs> Tell me your story, girl. What's your sign? Here we have the uh, very minor mention of Wayne. Well, it's not Wayne Enterprises. Yeah, it was. In this. Is it? I thought it was well, called Wayne. It was Wayne Industries that gave her the Industry, thing. Yeah, whatever. But so, yeah. anyways, we have this small inclusion of that uh, when we have modern day with her at the Louvre in Paris. And we get her getting the original print of the only original print of the photo, which jogs her memory. And then we get the actual taking of the photo. And it it all just felt okay. Like, it didn't feel too forced, which I didn't think there was a way it could. Uh, And it, it, it did it. So... Way to go on that. It's one of those it's things where if you watch the movie, you never saw Batman v Superman. You could be, you wouldn't know that that was actually in Batman v Superman, and mm-hmm. that's the test of how you know. It's not like you watch it and you're like, oh, this clearly was in the last movie, and they're now they're explaining it. Yeah, yeah. No, no, that was. Uh, you could that... have thought it was just written for the framing device. Yeah. So uh, we talked about the no man's land scene, uh, the clear. Best graphic uh, use in the film is her with the shield and all the bullets screaming towards them and flying off it uh, from above. That was just fan fucking tastic. I was, I mean, that whole that whole scene was great. Um, I, I think I I personally liked the uh, the battle in the um, courtyard. Yeah, yeah, better, but. Uh, no, that the, was my favorite those, battle scene. Yeah, but my she murdered the fuck out of that sniper. The no man's land because it wasn't. It was less of an action scene and more yeah. of a thematic whatever. I'll say though, my favorite just moment as far as like the like for me when the film had reached the apex of what it was trying to do, what it set out to do, and what it accomplished. In one little microcosm was the scene in which the four men. Uh, hoist up the door of the tank or whatever vehicle. Oh yeah, for her to launch off of like that was 
in a nutshell, everything so- someone should want out of a movie like this. Hmm. Something that just looks cool, something that's empowering, and something that doesn't rely on the status quo uh, in a, uh, in the in the way it plays out. So the uh, the female uh, who creates all of what's her name, Doctor Poison, that they call her, something like that. Her name's Doctor Moreau in the film. Uh, and then the character of <laughs> the character of Ludendorff, who is played by Danny Houston, uh, in <laughs> fucking Harry Potter names, <laughs> Ludendorff, Doctor Poison. So, anyways, uh, so anyways, defense against the dark arts. <laughs> He's Still going, Danny. He is Danny Houston. Basically, uh, is is a major. Red herring here, right? He's standing in as Ares for the he audience. Major or is he a general? <laughs> <laughs> standing in as Ares for the audience throughout, but then of course we do the switcheroo. And Stop laughing! <laughs> it's not that funny. Really, it was it was it was the British person who was Ares all along. Ooh. But um, that was that was actually even though it it wasn't like a surprise or anything like that. I really liked the way that that story played out, only because. We got the whole backstory of Ares and how he came to be and how he came to be excommunicated and I like how that. he controlled and despised humans and controlled them. And cre- it, even if it's a little too... I, the, it's the just, thing it that just I all worked. the most about it is that it committed to Diana's you know, vision in the sense that it didn't say... Ultimately, it says that Diana's not crazy. <laughs> yeah. there, there is an area that not so much the film was like denying that, but obviously everybody around her. No, but was they saying, were the the film was trying to create this idea that Danny Houston's character was right. the embodiment of Ares, even if you watch it. But like, again, it would be I'm sure overly obvious that he isn't. Right. But it sets up plenty of things, including uh, Doctor Moreau giving him the whatever she's giving him to give him. More powers, whatever, but it's it really doubles back because the idea of Ares giving both of them the tools to do these things, and then her being Wonder Woman believing that is right. just, is, is it, kind of it's it's a little. I, I, I'm a fan though of, of how it all played out. Now that you're saying that, mm-hmm. <laughs> who played Ares? Oh, uh, that was David Thewlis. Thewlis. David Thewlis. I think that who was in Harry Potter. You yeah. know, you know, I he's yeah. also in Naked. Yeah, what else was he in? Been a he lot was of things. Also in Fargo season three, which is currently playing. Okay. Um, he was also. Do you want me to keep going? Yeah. I got nothing else. Okay. Um. Uh, so anyway, oh, he, I, no, he wasn't. Okay. Um. So <laughs> I think that Ares, when when he show, showed up and and when that entire fight concluded, I thought that was cool, but I felt like it sort of, um, for lack of a, a more more appropriate euphemism i guess it sort of blew its load um you could have i i feel like Ew. i feel like aries could have like been a villain in a a future um wonder woman film but i think that obviously aries could actually come back because if if this sort of like godhood thing operates on the level that i understand it as like an anthropomorphic manifestation that he is war and that war will continue to happen, then it, it's pretty 
simple that he could reconstitute himself in some other form, not we'll having just, to being played as that same person. We'll you know what I'm saying, right? A that's montage in the next movie where Diana remembers World War II, and you just see David Lewis standing over Hitler's shoulder and pointing at the diagrams. No, it's the chamber should go. I was gonna say, no, this is this is no, Normandy. It's, 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 this is this. this is this is Tucson saying that he's gonna do some Voldemort shit and put pieces of his soul in different inanimate objects. So no, that's I'm, great. I'm saying that literally, if you're <laughs> if you're the god of war and you die and if <laughs> war continues to exist then it's not hard for like that it's, it's sort of hard like, out there for a god to help you like like manifest yourself in. and it's like yes this is where the in and out burger goes i mean i guess but what's a god to a non-believer who don't believe in anything so i mean they, they make mention they make mention that zeus created diana as he was dying yeah that's a that's so there, there are a lot of um, inconsistencies. No, no, there, there are. She was his rosebud. No, see, oh, you I, know what I, she? Oh, you know what? Hold on, wait. It. This is good. God damn no, it. I've, I've got to do this. No, because <laughs> don't because she is Ray and Zeus was Anakin. No, stop. This is perfect. Shut the fuck up. Because because Tucson yeah. brought this argument earlier. So, I, I, brought this, the, I she, brought this argument over a year ago, re- and I'm right. She's just the reincarnation of Zeus. No, that's not what it is, dude. Mm-hmm. This is a totally different thing right now. What? Uh, we're not getting into this. We're not going to get into this right <laughs> this now. This is fucking call Fei we're, we're, Don't do that. Don't. <laughs> I just wanted to piss him off even more. You need to edit that word Mission out. Mission accomplished. We're not, we're not, <laughs> no, you're not. That's we're gonna, gonna be in the intro. We're buddy. gonna edit that word <laughs> out, tell you. including this tirade. <laughs> we're not doing that. Tuzat's um, just and, angry because he got the Illinois license plate of that. So, <laughs> <laughs> and he spelled it wrong. <laughs> Nick, you were gonna say something. No, about, I was gonna no, say no, something. No, no, I'm not. No, you, I was. <laughs> I was going to say I something. You said you were more angry now or, or something like that. that well, you... okay. listening to you speak about it, I'm okay. starting to think that the film's message is a little muddled when it comes it is. to, is man bad or <laughs> are these mythological beings? That's what that I'm... Can... Yeah, yeah, which I totally understand. Yeah, I, 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 I don't... I didn't think too hard about it until yeah. now, and I think that's certainly a deadly game. Yeah. But it definitely does sandwich a lot of contradicting thoughts within its third act yeah that that whole third act is simultaneously it's very impressive um but it's also very um underwhelming in how it's it it sort of negates that previous message of moral relativity that i wish was 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 just more here here's something i'll say all right in praise of this movie okay I know a lot of times, especially myself, when I talk about a uh, like a superhero movie, you fucking trash it. I trash it. Um, and in in the nature of that trashing, I, I I either look too deep into it or whatever. But here's how, in my opinion, you know, a film of this genre and adjacent genres are successful. You could do the same thing to Wonder Woman, but it's so good at whatever it's doing that you don't feel the need to. Like, it doesn't call that type of, uh, I would say, scrutiny to itself because it fills every scene with, I would say, warmth and maybe humor, whether it doesn't work for you or not, uh, and actual characters from uh, frame to frame. And when you when you do that as a film, 
a lot of these little things can be swept to the side. Like, and that sounds like a cop-out, but it's not, because that's what filmmaking is. Can you make something that, at the very least, is engaging from start to finish? And on that front, Wonder Woman certainly seceded for me. Now I remember what I was going to say. Yes. Um, so there was the question about Diana being the son of the the the, the, <laughs> wow. the daughter the daughter fucking patriarchal asshole. Diana being the daughter of Hippolyta and Zeus. Um, at least from my understanding of the DC like fictional universe, I don't you know. are you I are don't, going I don't, way no, deep here. No, 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 wait, no, wait, no, 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 Look, that's a whole other can of worms about Greek mythology. That it's I don't just need to one talk. worm. I mean, okay, she okay. was born of of God and clay, can you so like a ghost. Let me just don't don't shut don't do it don't don't you do don't you fucking do it don't don't fucking do it. <laughs> Stop. He's knee deep in it. Don't. Man. I gotta tell you. Yeah, he's just. <laughs> I think just, I just came. Just stop. Okay, thank you. Roadhouse. Okay, anyway. <laughs> um, Multiple. <laughs> in this film, she is born of Hippolyta and Zeus, like molding her out of clay and being breathed into life, right? That whole shit, yeah. From my understanding, and I'm not getting too deep in this shit because I don't know Wonder Woman's comic origin in that way. All I know is that her origin from. The, the DC animated series is that she was actually molded from Hippolyta and Ares. So I thought that was going to be where it was going to go, but apparently it's oh. not. So, yeah, that's what I thought. Daddy, yeah. no. <laughs> no! She's also going to lose her hand, so that's great. That, I'm that, done. That final line, though, was, 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 is she's flying towards him with her arms crossed, shooting that laser at him, being like, goodbye, brother. And then he was dead. Would we have, that was pretty fucking bomb. Would we have seen a lot of hot takes and think pieces if Diana had used her lasso on a black person? Where are you going with this? Where are you going with this? Tucson knows where oh I'm going. Oh my god, why are you doing this? No, we don't need to talk about good luck, Miss Wyckoff. Oh, we don't need to oh. talk about this. I wasn't talking about that. Oh god. I'm just saying her lasso, unfortunately, looks, you know, it's made of yeah. rope. Yeah. It's made of rope? <laughs> well, maybe not rope, technically. Well, it can make men tell the truth. Wow. Wow, we're gonna have. That's to... the ultimate female power. <laughs> wow! Oh my god, that's. Uh, can we go to final radio? Yeah, we can. <laughs> we can. Um, I guess I'll go first okay. since I started us off. I uh, think Dusan wants to go first. No, I don't think Dusan wants to talk anymore. Uh, he wants to be done then so I he can go watch more anime. <laughs> done my job. I do. Oh, so boom, I boom, boom. really enjoyed this film. Um, this is. Right at the top of my list of uh, films so Did far Did you like this, this more than Logan? Yes. Oh, okay, cool. So you can go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I, I feel like... I'm just kidding. Logan's... Uh, it's... I think you gave him... No, you didn't. You gave Logan a slightly lower rating. It's close. Yeah, but anyway. I, I'm a fan of Logan. I yeah. think Logan's a really good film. Uh, I just... This is for sure more of a traditional superhero film, which I usually gravitate towards. And I um, 
it was more into what the story was here, so that's yeah. why I liked Morgan it more. Morgan was about a self-loathing son of a bitch, so... <laughs> if you know one, let me know. <laughs> why? Okay. Um, so anyways, uh, continue with my final thoughts. Uh, <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> taking off his glasses. It's all over. He doesn't even want to see anymore. So... Uh, How many fingers am I holding up? <laughs> Get out of my face. Yeah. Stop. Just stop. I thought this was this was very, very good. Um, I really enjoyed Gal Gadot's performance. And actually, there weren't many performances here I, I didn't like. I thought across the board, this was a very, very passable uh, casting for a superhero film, specifically, and, and just in general. Um, multiple action sequences here were fantastic. Uh, including the final battle between Wonder Woman and Ares, which which was really good. And uh, I, I I don't know if I mentioned it yet, but uh, the idea of David Thewlis becoming the ultimate villain and having the final showdown here, I actually thought was just fantastic. Voldemort! He's not Voldemort. He's, That's Ray Fiennes. Oh. Uh, so, <laughs> plays <laughs> Professor Lupin, the werewolf? Oh! Who's murdered by Voldemort? So that's fine. Anywho, so uh, this was just a very, very good superhero film, and I'm even though I don't really care for DC, uh, I'm 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 happy that at least for one shining moment, it seems as if they may be on the right track, kind of. So I give this film four out of five. Uh, I'm really happy that we saw a a female led superhero film that actually was good uh obviously happy for patty jenkins that she was able to make this film bring this home and and have it turn out as well as it has both uh in terms of quality wise and obviously in terms of box office wise and we even spoke about this earlier how uh this film had basically zero buzz about it even a week ago uh and it's still they does, tried to spider-man three this shit yeah. they tried to bury this shit did over a hundred million at the box office with pretty much nothing um, Good. yeah so uh i'm i'm really happy with the outcome and um Hopefully, this is a step in the right direction for DC, but that uh, very much remains to be seen. Mm-hmm. So, four out of five for Wonder Woman for me. Moving on to Toussaint. Yeah, I really enjoyed this film, except for the framing device that surrounds it. Um, that context is sort of superfluous and stupid. And as I mentioned before, I'm not a really big fan of the finale. Um, I'm a fan of it for of, of two different minds. I, I'm a fan of it as it fits into the mold of a typical like superhero film. I'm just not a fan of what the, what the presence of that scene does to sort of um, work counter to the entire message of the film leading up to that point. I know there's been some contention and some disagreement about that, but that's just me kind of like staking my claim on that. I think that otherwise the action is good. I think that Gal Gadot is serviceable in this role. I even think that Chris Pine, who otherwise is, is sort of unremarkable to me most of the time, he was um, capable in his role uh, in this. Uh, I will give this a three out of five. And yeah, I would... I would definitely recommend it simply on the strength of it being the 
the best installment in the DC cinematic universe as uh, up to date. And I would rather take uh, another sequel to wonder woman than a fucking cyborg or flash or even a justice league movie, honestly. So, yeah. Okay. I thought this movie was just okay, which if you know me means it was probably very, very good. (laughs) Um, I I'll say this uh, as much as I think it falls into all the usual trappings, none of those quote unquote failures are noticeable enough to stop me from enjoying this movie. Um, the other thing I'll say is that I think one could mistake this for a Marvel movie. Not literally; it's certainly got that DC Snyder uh, style already embedded into it. Unfortunately, but. I say that not because it's got humor in it, not because it's got slightly better of a story progression, whatever, but because for the first time in this DC universe, we actually have a superhero who feels like a superhero, someone who is actually weighing not whether they should do good, but whether the good itself will actually mean something in the long run. And it goes in the face of the previous emo bullshit that Snyder has cooked up with both his version of Superman and Batman and, of course, the bad guys of uh, Suicide Squad. So I appreciated for the first time in this universe that we had someone who was just a good person and (laughs) who... And that is makes a difference when you're watching it, you know. Like it, I, I'm all for like depressing and despairing shit, but if they're as boring and bland as Cavill Superman and, and uh, I mean, Affleck's Bruce, I you know just don't care. It's the a already um, one of the most memorable scenes of the DC universe, but. You look at Superman when he rips uh, General Zod's head off in the in. Man of Steel, and then you look at all of the events that uh, that happened in Wonder Woman, and it really doesn't make Superman seem like a superhero. It makes no. him seem like a serial killer. And he cries a lot. Yeah. And not just cries, like crying. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with crying, but like he like rage cries. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying. And Tucson, you, Tucson is back. And uh, you know... And you know... Oh... <laughs> <laughs> and wow. you know Bruce, uh, this version of Bruce Wayne would have cried had it not been played by Ben Affleck, who probably put in his contract that he can't cry because he was He's from Boston. He was born with he was <laughs> he born with doesn't have tear ducts. ducts. So uh, why are you screaming? Yeah. Just, yeah. Oh boy, it's a microphone. <laughs> so you know uh, this movie all comes down to one line for me, which is who will sing for us. Uh, it has empathy for its characters and even the smallest details that it really surpasses all of its faults. So I give it three out of five. I thought it was enjoyable. It did not move the genre forward in any way, but I never thought DC would have done the first decent female superhero film. So and yet here they are. They've got something. Yeah. And we'll see if they can build on it. Any thoughts out there on Wonder Woman, the DC Universe, Marvel, anything superhero or film or TV related, always feel free to send them on to us at filmtankshow at gmail.com or you can always find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at filmtankshow. So, 
uh, a, a genre that we haven't done a episode on too recently, which is horror mystery. Yeah. Uh, a film is coming out that's getting pretty good reviews, and I think this film made its way around uh, the festival circuit earlier this year. It is premiered at the Overlook Hotel, uh, the Overlook uh, Film Festival. Okay. Yeah. So uh, the film, It Comes at Night, it comes at night. which stars Joel Edgerton and Riley Keough. Uh, oh, hell yeah. Yeah. I haven't it, watched the trailer because I already know I want to see it. Yeah. So I didn't know Riley Keough was in it. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Uh, is, is coming out in a pretty wide release this coming week. And uh, I know you're interested, Nick. I know Toussaint's obviously interested in this. Fuck this, yeah. This is his genre. Uh, horror movies usually aren't my thing. Uh, but this this definitely seems like... Uh, it falls into the suspense, paranoia uh, part of the horror genre. So I'm I'm at least intrigued, although I'm pretty sure I'm not going to love this. But um, we'll see what it is. It it could be very good. And Joel Edgerton, he, I've come around on him okay. over the years. Not that I never thought he wasn't good, but I, I think he's like moving his way up the up the ranks the right now. A lot of great actors. Well, I mean, you look at like uh, all of the great actor male actors uh right now and you've got people like oscar isaac michael fassbender ben mendelson um and i i think joel edgerton's making his way towards the not top. to mention so. he's also at least in my opinion a formidable director yeah. uh his the gift which that was, that was pretty good he started yeah. but like for me at least like it's kind of rare for a actor to step into the role of director and make a film as competent as that. Not because, like, obviously you learn things when you're acting probably from your director and you, you get to, but like, it's, he arrived as a director where I could have mistaken him. And I, I will say this, I didn't know he directed it until about like, until I saw the credits and I was like, oh shit. So. Yeah, usually, uh, oh, well, not usually, but a lot of times those those like, things don't work out. George Clooney, even Ben Affleck, and I'm not saying those their first movies were bad, but like there are clearly growing pains as a director. Whereas, like, I feel like whatever growing, and you can hate or love his movie, but like, there's no learning curve for Joel Edgerton as a director. Oh. So I, that's a pretty incredible feat. Yeah. him alone uh, is is making me look forward to seeing this. So uh, we'll. Uh, let you know next week what we thought about it. You can always catch our episodes on filmtankshow.com or also on iTunes or Stitcher as well at Film Tank Show. So, for my guys, Nick Cheney, Toussaint Egan, and myself, Alex Diegman, thank you very much for listening to this episode of Film Tank, and we will catch up with you next time. <laughs>